0: Welcome to The Common Rounds, medical education for medical students, by medical students. Hello, I'm Mohammed and welcome to The Common Rounds. Today, I'll be discussing migraine headaches. Migraines are a common type of primary headaches. There are several different subtypes that you guys should be familiar with. Common migraines are those that have not been associated with an aura. They can last for four to 72 hours, it can have two of the following characteristics, such as pain that interferes with physical activity or worsened by movement, They can be unilateral and pulsating in nature. They can also have one of the following features such as phonophobia or photophobia, nausea and vomiting. A classical migraine is associated with temporary aura and a complicated migraine is associated with temporary autonomic or sensory motor deficits. Interestingly, achephalgic migraines are those migraines that are not associated with a headache but patients experience an aura. Migraines, broadly speaking, are more common in females than males and the incidence decreases with increasing age. So there are a number of theories about why migraines develop. Migraines may be initiated by a wave of depolarization starting in the occipital lobe and traveling anteriorly. Depolarization is believed to correlate with the onset of aura and the aura can evolve over 5 to 20 minutes corresponding to that wave of depolarization and the aura can last up to 60 minutes. It's also believed that the depolarization and neuro- neuronal activity is associated with the activation of the trigeminal system, and that can lead to the release of pain mediators, such as substance P, and release of vasoactive compounds, such as serotonin. This wave can also lead to, and the release of mediators can also lead to, sensitization of sensory neurons, and that leads to an intense reaction to innocuous stimuli, such as head movement, sound, and light, all of which can lead to the experience of pain. In addition to that, classic migraines have several stages. So there's a prodromal phase where there are mood alterations, patients may be feeling fatigue or maybe irritable, might be associated with sensitivity to sound, smell, and cravings of certain food. And the second stage is where the patients experience the aura. This is followed by the headaches. And finally, the post phase where there might be cognitive sluggishness, weakness, malaise, and residual head pain. The triggers for migraines can include steep disturbance, Stress and anxiety, depression, hormonal changes associated with the onset of menstruation or leading up to menstruation or the initiation of the oral contraceptive pill. Other triggers include hunger and dehydration. So, what are the signs and symptoms? I've sort of alluded to these already, but migraines are associated with a unilateral headache, which can be exacerbated by movement or worsened by exercise, can be pulsatile in nature, may be associated with nausea and vomiting, photophobia. Phobia, as well as the aura features in the migraine subtypes that present with auras. These aura features can include zigzagging lines in the visual field, scotomas, so or where there's a partial visual loss, aphasia, or unilateral paresthesia, so tingling and numbness for example. From a diagnostic point of view, there are some important differential diagnoses to consider. These include the secondary causes, which are extremely troublesome and worrisome. Some of the secondary causes to keep in mind are cerebral hemorrhage, increased intracranial pressure, tumors, and CNS infection. How do you know whether you have a secondary cause? Well, there are a number of telltale signs that you need to watch out for. These include rapid onset headaches described by patients as the worst headache in their life, so you're sort of alluding to subarachnoid hemorrhage, recent headache onsets after the age of 55. Changing headaches, so where the frequency, severity, or clinical features change. A progressive headache that persists for days. And pers- precipitation of headaches with cyborg manoeuvres, including coughing, sneezing, and bearing down. Persistent neurological signs of symptoms can also be causes of secondary headaches, and if these are associated with hemiparesis, paresthesis, and ataxia, you might be thinking about stroke or other causes of that sort of uh, presentation. Headaches that develop after head injury or major trauma are also extremely worrisome signs and these could be alluding to epidural and uh, subdural hemorrhage and headaches associated with stiff neck, fever or rash so we're looking at or considering causes like meningitis What are some investigations that you need to perform? Imaging and laboratory tests depend really on individual presentation Imaging may not be necessary in all patients particularly if the clinical signs fit a traditional migraine criteria It may be required if you suspect secondary causes though or change in previously stable patterns of migraine and commonly a non-contrast CT is used to rule out space occupying lesions or hemorrhage. A lumbar puncture may be performed if you suspect infectious causes or autoimmune causes. And finally, how do we treat migraines? Well, there are non-pharmacological approaches as well as pharmacological approaches. Non-pharmacological approaches include trigger avoidance, all the triggers we've discussed already, and psychological interventions such as cognitive, behavioral therapy, and relaxation techniques. From a pharmacological perspective, There are two approaches: abortive therapy, where the treatment is for acute attacks, and these are where patients take these abortive agents as soon as possible to curb the onset of the headache. It includes things like NSAIDs and paracetamol. Or when simple analgesics are not effective, the use of triptans, which are serotonin antagonists, which cause vasoconstriction of cranial blood vessels and reduction in the release of pain mediators. Frequently experienced migraines, and the migraines really interfere with their way of life. The use of suppressive or prophylactic therapies can be considered these include anticonvulsants which decrease neuronal activity the use of valparate for example gabapentin and topiramate neurotransmitter modulators such as beta blockers including propanol and tricyclic antidepressants such as amitriptyline can be considered or modulating voltage-gated calcium channels with the use of verapimols may be alternative options in patients who are refractory to the previously mentioned therapies the use of serotonin receptor antagonists such as pisotophen and mesosurgite may be considered so, this brings this presentation to an end. Thank you for your time. If you have any questions or would like to get in contact with us, visit our Facebook page, our Twitter, our website, as well as the YouTube channel. Thank you. Our episode today was put together by our executive producer Gautam and our co editor Cindy. For notes, elective experiences, and much more study resources, visit our website on the or visit us on Facebook and follow us on Twitter. If you like our episodes, please subscribe and rate us on iTunes. It means a lot to us. You've been listening to The Common Grounds. I'm Hamid. And I'm Andy. And we'll see you next time. See you next time.